Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend, day two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of From the Tips. It's me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host, Rick Landis. How we doing good, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Dude, no complaints. No complaints. Uh, you know, Flyers won five in a row. Huge. Yeah, we were at the game on Sunday, so that was a good time. That was a great time. Um, Eagles play tonight, so by the time you listen tomorrow, you will know the outcome of said game. I do not know the outcome of said game. Um, what do you think of tonight for Monday Night Football, buddy? How, how, you, how are you seeing this one go down? I'm glad Taylor Swift won't be there. That's my main is takeaway. That, is that your hot take? Is that, is that your my main takeaway? Because, take? uh, like, honestly, I wasn't even going to watch it. And then uh, I got the update from Vanessa that uh, she's in Brazil today because she had to reschedule a show. So she will not be at the game. And that means that we can just enjoy some football. Her name will be brought up, obviously. It always is. Yeah, yeah. But at least we don't have to have the camera panning to her every five seconds. That's fair. I mean, she is going to get talked about. That's inevitable. That's just going to happen. Yeah. Not a whole lot you can do about that one. But, uh, yeah, at least you'll you'll have the camera on the football. I, I guess maybe I just haven't watched enough of, like, Chiefs games to really have that impact my football watching that much. Um, yeah, well, we watch Red Zone and – and whatever's on like yeah. every Sunday at Gina's parents' house. So um, I'm also a lot bigger of a football fan than you. So it's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Um, I'm mostly just an, an Eagles fan and then yeah. I'll watch football. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you nothing more exciting right now than the playoff hunt in our fantasy league right now. Holy cow. You got five teams with the same record. Yeah. And then me in seventh place with one extra loss on that record and it's tight from, from there on, from there on, it is, it is a tight race there. Um, interested to see how it works out. How do you, how'd you feel about your fantasy week? I know it was a tough one for you. Yeah. I'm going to need the squad to pick it up. If we're going to be honest, um, DJ Moore got, uh, Justin Fields back. So we're, we're feeling good about that. Uh, both my running backs just did not perform the way they should have this week. Etienne and Jacobs both underperformed. Uh, but as always, the bright spot on my team is my quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Sam Howell. They're top five quarterbacks for a reason, and they're pretty much carrying the squad right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to have good quarterbacks, especially in a super flex league. Yeah. Um, DJ Moore put in some work for you, huh? Twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm up right now. Going into Monday night, um, the guy I'm playing, Eric, uh, he has four th- four people left to play. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, based on his team, it's looking like I'm hoping for a big day from the Chiefs uh, minus Rashi Rice. So <laughs> <laughs> minus that guy. Yeah. Uh, only thing that's a smidge unfortunate and which, you know, you never you never love to see. Um, is that the current leader in the league auto drafted? Yeah, you never like to see that. You never love to see that. He one. did. He um, to his credit, he's made a lot of trades this he year. Has. He's been active besides the draft because he was busy during the draft. Mm-hmm. 
but it still hurts a little bit. It hurts a smidge, but he has, I guess you could you could say, made up for it in the way that yeah. he's been active on the trades. He's been putting people on trade block. He's, you know, responded mm-hmm. to messages pretty actively. And, you know, for what it's worth, he's not necessarily set himself up for success. If you look at his draft picks, he's pretty much all in right now. His, uh, his, he doesn't have anything except for his third rounder in 2024. Oh yeah. That's rough. He set himself up for, he's got to win this year or he's stuck with the team that he has. He's got to win this year and next year. Yeah. Cause all yeah. he has is third round picks until 2026. <laughs> so I guess it's a feel bad a little bit that the auto pick guys in first, but he obviously gave up a lot to get where he's at. So yeah, it is. That is true. That is true. He gave up assets to be where he is. So I'm not going to be all that upset about it, but I'm thinking these playoffs are going to be pretty tight though. That's and I'm, I'm excited because it's coming down to the wire here a little bit. Yeah. I really need to squeak out a dub this week and then hope my team picks it up for next week. That's yeah. If I could be right in now. the, if I could be in the fourth or fifth place conversation instead of down towards the, uh, the the bottom that would be that'd be great now for our league what is funny is that eighth place is actually a purgatory spot so they don't make the playoffs or play in the shit bowl um <laughs> which is which is kind of funny uh for those of you that don't know what the shit bowl is the shit bowl is it's the um the the bottom four teams play in a bracket and loser of those games moves to their next round um so yeah um and that and that's basically how the bottom order of picks would go um, in a way. So once you get to the shit bowl, you actually, you just want to aggressively, you really want your team to lose. You want to be out there just taking L's left and right, but you have to feel team. Uh, That's, that's going to be one of the major rules with, uh, with this format that I'm going to be sure to tell the league is you have to feel the team. Um, Now you can't, you have to field starters. You can't field to like players that are projected zero points. Yeah. Got to, got to have, got to have players putting up points in there somewhere. But I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be a good time. I like that we've done this. So that's that's fun. Uh, other than that, Rick, what have we got today in sports history? Uh, one second. Sorry, I'm making a trade offer. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have done it. I should have started talking about fantasy because I you knew did. You, you did. Gonna, you brought it up. You're gonna and then whip I got, something up. I got on the app. Um, we'll see what happens. Every anyway, time, every time you get on the app, do you do you propose a trade? Is just like just every time you get on there? No, like not every it time. Sometimes. It's it's one of those things. Like I just feel like I need to try to make some moves right now. You know, just you, you want to put yourself out there. You want to be an active GM. I know. Like this is the last day, the last day to make trades. So I feel like I got to do it. Um. Anyway, nineteen thirty four. Ooh, the New York Yankees buy Joe DiMaggio. Didn't know you could buy players. Uh, from the San Francisco Seals. Oh, so there we go. I wonder what the purchase price of that was. I don't know. And why are we calling it buying? That seems kind of weird. Yeah that that seems a little slavery. Uh, that Here's a fun one. Slavery. Here's a fun one. Nineteen forty nine. Bill Veek. Do you know? Do you know of him? That that's a baseball name for sure. Because I've heard it that is before. A, it is a baseball name. He is. The ex-Cleveland Indians owner um, from 1949. He sold the Cleveland Indians for $22 million. Would you like to guess why he sold them? Because they were terrible? To fund his divorce settlement. Love that. Good for him. <laughs> she was trying to take everything. out there. She absolutely milked the poor guy. Um, um, 
not super excited about this one, but at least it's not another team. The Rangers in 1971 scored an NHL record eight goals in one period. That's wild. Jeez. That's a lot of goals. That's and in one period, is that? Yes. Jeez. That's just that's just demoralizing as a, a as a, the opposite opposing team. <laughs> I do you just like do you just leave the game at that point? You're really not there to watch playing. anything else. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> a mercy rule it in, in the professionals. Yeah, that's wild. Um that's a lot nice. of stuff happened today. Jeez. Big sports um, day there. Big sports day. Um, it went from a bunch of stuff happening in the early to mid nineties to like nothing. Um, but yeah, that's it. We don't, we don't really talk about much more than that. All right. All right. So San Francisco seals. What a reference there. That's uh, yeah, right. wonder how long they were a franchise for, um, in, in baseball here. <laughs> um, the San Francisco seals, a team found in 1903 played until 1957. I guess did they then become the Giants when when the when the the New York baseball Giants moved? Who I, knows? I guess maybe. Interesting that they were the SEALs, though. That's that's definitely something. Yeah. Um, all right, but let's get into the golf, shall we? Pretty quick episode, not a whole lot happening in the golf world, but one pretty big thing ended up happening today. So that's cool that we actually have some recent news. But first, let's go over what happened in the RSN Classic. Uh, that did happen this last weekend as Ludwig Oberg, which is actually how it's actually pronounced, not Aberg, like we've been saying this entire time, um, gets his first professional win on the PGA Tour. Uh, again, this was a guy that we've been talking about pretty much since right before the Ryder Cup. We said he was going to be a problem. He reminded us of um, the rise and and play style of Victor Hovland, who, by the way, is now the number one in the world. Let's not forget that bit. And he's got his first professional win in his first actual season as a PGA Tour pro. He wastes legitimately no time getting getting a win uh, in his fourth start this this PGA Tour season. So since since uh, the date of August twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, he has gone T fourteen, T four, win. T10, those are all your European um, tour stops. Over to the PGA side, T2, T13, T10, win. So since August of this year, he has never been above top 15. He's never been above top 15 or below yeah. top 15? He's never been He's never been above top, like, he's never been... top 15? Outside, sorry, he's never been outside of the top. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I guess it's different with golf because, you know, high level, you get it. He's never been outside of the top 15. That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a a run of golf that, you know, we've seen a couple players do this before, obviously, and, you know, Scotty Scheffler and Mm. Victor Hovland being two guys that we've seen do this before. I'm not claiming that he's going to be these guys. What what we're saying, what we've been talking about since the Ryder Cup is he had the potential – and now we're seeing it here. An early yeah. season win, as we know, is always a good sign that this guy is probably going to be involved come uh, FedEx Cup time. Yeah. So getting it here at the RSM, pretty big deal for, for him and for his career on the PGA Tour. Definitely. Are you surprised by this at all? Or are you, or are you agreeing that this is, this is like something that we saw coming? 
Uh, I think we definitely saw this coming. We didn't know how soon it was going to be. I don't know if we even expected it to be this soon, but we definitely talked about it on the podcast before that we saw this guy being a problem in the near future. Um, I may be recalling this incorrectly, but I feel like we uh, mentioned him in the same sentence as Victor Hovland at one point. Um, we did. We definitely have before. So, I mean, they're both Scandinavian, so it's kind of hard yeah. To not so we definitely there. saw. We definitely talked about it, and we definitely both agreed that it was probably coming at some point. Um, this is a good tournament to get under your feet. It's not a nobody tournament. It's one that is somewhat known to the average golf viewer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially when you, I mean, you look at the you look at the leaderboard. You're not going to see a bunch of huge names. But this is a tournament that has been won by some big names. I would say most recently a, a big winner of the RSM here would be Dustin Johnson a couple years ago. Um, you, you'll see some names at this tournament for sure, but it's a it's definitely a good early season one to win. Yeah, for sure. Definitely one of those ones in the early season that you you see a win there and you're like, okay, that's, that's not nothing, right? That's yeah. not the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is not nothing. You you yeah, shut your I'm sorry, mouth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. About right. the Butterfield Bermuda. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's such a honestly, that's the kind of tournament you want to win just because of the name. Yeah, right. Butterfield Bermuda Championship winner. The, that's that's one you I'm want. The defending champion of the Butterfield Bermuda Butterfield. Championship. I, I defend Buttersfield, that's for sure. Um <laughs> But yeah, so that's a good tournament for him to win. Big early win in his career. That's awesome. Obviously, we saw him be an absolute menace on at the Ryder Cup. Uh, so really, I, we're not surprised, especially here on this podcast. I would like for the record to be to be made though to everybody out there, all of our listeners. You know who called this early? Okay, we we mm-hmm. had been talking about this. We told you, we warned you all, and uh, it's the great Scandinavian invasion. No one expected it. No one expects the Scandinavian Inquisition. Uh, no one saw it come. <laughs> um, but all right, that's what happened at the RSM. Not a whole lot of news outside of that. Although the winning score was 29 under, one stroke away from a 30 under winner. Not bad. That's a pretty good week in the golf pretty good right there. For our boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not bad at all. Uh, second place is Mackenzie Hughes with 25 under. Uh, good to see him doing well, uh, the Canadian wunderkind. Uh, other than that, not really any super notable Americans. Um, I guess probably the most notable would be um, JJ Spawn, I guess, in T13. Um, and like we said, small tournament, early season, you get it. But big win for a uh, a guy who I think is going to be around pretty pretty frequently in larger tournaments too so definitely yeah we'll hear from him again his name yeah keep his name in your brain because you'll be seeing him in middle season you might see him in in the action and master that in majors it it, this this kid could be something keep his Uh, name in your mouth in your mouth that's for sure um (laughs) that's gross anyways (laughs) let's continue here um with the with the biggest news pretty much of uh, coming out of golf at dropped today of all days, the TGL, the league that we've been talking about and honestly excited to watch for a couple of weeks now, unfortunately has been suspended until 2025. Exactly. Um, big sad. 
So here's what happened overnight on Tuesday, November 14th. So a couple days ago, surprisingly, that took this long to become actual news. A failure of the temporary power system and backup systems used during construction of the SoFi Center caused the dome to deflate, which caused damage to the air-supported dome section of the site. There was no injuries, and most of the technology was not impacted. Following discussions from key partners, including players, TGL's six-team ownership groups, the PGA Tour leadership, and its commercial partners, SoFi, ESPN, and Palm Beach State College, the decision has been made to postpone the start of the TGL season until early 2025. That, does this to you feel like it's because they weren't ready and they're just trying to delay? Sounds like based off of what they said that we could probably just blow it back up and it would be good to go. Nothing else was ruined. I, yeah, I believe here, you know, in, in black and white on the screen here, most of the technology was not impacted. And it was deflated. I feel like it doesn't say there's any other structural issues. Yeah. I feel like you just is reinflated. Right? Yeah. You just pump some air into there and that doesn't feel like that hard of a task to accomplish. Um, I don't know. I'm not an I, architect, so I don't right. know. But and obviously we don't know like the actual how the structure is, you know, created, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. At least I don't know. Um, but here are a couple of statements from uh the um from Tiger and Rory here. Tiger said, quote I've been a believer in the TGL, and as the momentum has built this past year, I'm even more excited about what this can become for fans of the game all around the world. Although the events of last week will force us to make adjustments to our timelines, I'm fully confident that this concept will be brought to life by our great committed players. That was from Tiger. Uh, From Rory, quote, The postponement brings mixed feelings of disappointment and excitement. Above all, we are happy uh, that no one was injured. We're looking forward to the launch of TGL, given the circumstances while the delay is disappointing, the postponement will allow us to regroup, refocus, and return stronger. See, that to me feels like this is a we weren't ready yeah. need another year. That's what it sounds like to me as well. Uh, it sounds like they didn't realize that. Yeah, I don't know. You know? It, it sounds like uh, 2024 came up a little clo- uh, faster than they expected. <laughs> I mean, the way that we were talking about it, I think either last week or the episode before, we were both surprised. We were like, oh, this is this is this coming yeah. January. That's yeah, that feels crazy, you know, because that's a yeah. lot of a lot of stuff to get done. That's a lot of planning a year. <laughs> You're building an entire stadium for this. Yeah. You're doing basically everything from scratch in less than a year of planning. That's that's pretty tough. Some may say some some yeah. might say that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I guess it is. It's a pretty, it's a pretty severe setback. I guess when you're only going to do it in one stadium. Yeah. And I guess the way that they had kind of planned it out, it's probably not something that you could just kind of do somewhere else. This feels like it has to yeah. be like built specifically it, it, for yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like it. Especially with the the changing green, the whole yeah. how that's going to work out and all that stuff. That that feels like it's going to have to be a very specific location. Yeah. So. I'm interested as to, you know, if if this was actually just, you know, it happened and, and it's really unfortunate, or if some of the technology that they were talking about using maybe just didn't work as well as they wanted it to and they weren't. That's gonna also have... possible. Yeah. I mean, like we were talking about, the the changing green, there's gonna have to be some form of metal or plastic and technology underneath it. How does that yeah. impact, you know, the grass that's on top of it? Yeah. Um definitely some interesting things at play here that we had already talked about were kind of weird and not necessarily impossible to pull off, but definitely 
definitely interested to see how it would go. Things that haven't really been talked about as a right. as a possibility. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it's it's a lot of the PGA Tour's best players. You know, yeah. I, I'm I'm also interested at this part of the sentence here, and I want to get your opinion here. It says following discussions uh, with key partners, including players, TGL six team ownership groups, PGA Tour leadership, and its commercial partners. If I'm not mistaken, this isn't PGA Tour sanctioned events, right? I know that they're using their players and all that stuff. Yeah, they'll of course be involved in some way, but it feels weird to me that they have tour leadership being involved in discussions going on with this. You know? Yeah, that is that is a little strange. Um... It almost like makes you wonder if the PGA Tour thought it wasn't ready. There's and they were like, sure. hold off for now. I don't know. Like well, maybe the- they wanted to get everything settled with Liv first, and they were like, look, I I understand that this is a great idea and everything, but we want to make this as good as possible, and we want to figure everything out with Liv first. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it's probably just speculation, but like, right? I don't know. It's 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 fishy. It's a little fishy to me. And honestly, nothing feels more, um, Jay Monahan and the way PGA Tour has, has handled things in the past than actually collapsing a building. Yeah. To to to, to, to like halt it for for a year. It's like, oh, yeah, no, no building. Can't do anything about that. Guess we gotta wait. Whoopsie daisies. Well, no, <laughs> it deflated. We can't reinflate it though. We don't know how. Um, <laughs> we don't have a bike pump. We'll we have to order one from China, and it, it won't be here till June. It's a, it's a very specific type of plug that you can't you can't get at Dicks or anything like that. You know, what I mean, it's very very specific. <laughs> it's from China. You, you wouldn't understand it. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing that screams current PGA Tour leadership quite as much as actual physical sabotage to make yeah, something right? not happen. Uh, just just another PGA Tour two steps forward. Or one step forward, two steps back situation. Yeah. <laughs> thinking about it is hilarious. Now, now yeah. that I'm actually thinking about it, that is very like funny. like Jay just like on the DL with a burner phone, like talking to someone. Like, make sure you wear ski masks so no one can see who you are. No, you have to wear a ski mask. Have you ever watched a movie? Come on. <laughs> yeah, like we're doing really this did. right. It really feels like that. Like somebody was like, "Well, we could just tell people that we're going to postpone." And he'd be like, "Uh, what?" Uh, no what the fuck did you just say <laughs> think people are gonna like me they already don't like me if i especially if i cancel this no we have to we have to tear the building down we have to make it look Do like something. an accident poke a hole but wear a ski mask because you know it just does it's not going to be real if you don't wear the ski mask <laughs> pantyhose are fine that that's acceptable <laughs> so no tgl till 2025 unfortunately uh i was excited to watch it i mean it wasn't going to be like yeah this isn't heartbreaking for me. Like it's not making or breaking my 2024. But I was kind of excited to see what it was going to look like, you know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Like I was excited, but at the same time, like it is simulated. So it's not like the same as watching people out on an actual golf course. Right. Um, so it was mm-hmm. more the interest to see how they did it as opposed to mm-hmm. actually watching what right. they were doing to mm-hmm. start off anyway. Like maybe, Maybe it was going to be more interesting than we think, but uh, for me personally, it was more just how are they going to do it first mm-hmm. of all, and then we'll see if the content's good. Yeah, and and definitely like with all the technology they were talking about and how they're going to incorporate that into the broadcast and how it was going to look and and all that stuff. You know that that's really the entertainment value of the whole thing, right? Because yeah. 
in in essence, this is just kind of something to excuse me, uh, draw more people into watching golf because obviously yeah. they've they've seemed to figure out that people will like to play golf and that yeah. people are willing to do that. The amount of people that are willing to watch people play golf, pretty minimal. So you know they talked about a ton of technology that they planned on using for the broadcast and and how they're going to make it like you know one of a kind type of broadcast. I was yeah. interested on in that part, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, the golf almost taking a back seat. To yeah, the entertainment value that they could bring to the. To I the agree. Event. So, uh, obviously we'll keep track of this. Uh, I guarantee you, we'll forget about it until probably next winter. Probably, um, unless that unless there's continuous news about coming out that you know Jay Monahan did poke a hole in the building, mm-hmm. and deflated, you know which I mean? would and be awesome. Which would be so good, just so very good. Yeah. Um, and we will talk about it if more news comes out. But unfortunately, the TGL has been shelved for the year. Um, and talking about Roy McIlroy, who's a big part of the TGL, uh, not only is he is he taking on a, a leadership role within that, um. I guess, venture organization, however you want to go about that. But he is stepping down from the PGA Tour policy board as Jordan Spieth will be his replacement. Um, He's going to be replacing Roy McIlroy as a player director of the PGA Tour policy board, according to Commissioner Jay Monaghan. Spieth, who is uh, 30 years of age, previously served on the policy board from 2019 to 2021, following two years on the Player Advisory Council. Um, Rory released a statement on his resignation from the policy board it says, quote, given the extraordinary time and effort, um, I don't know. This is, uh, this is from Jay Monahan in the tour about him resigning quote, given the extraordinary time and effort that Rory and all of his fellow player directors have invested in the tour during this unprecedented transform, a transformational period in our history. We certainly understand and respect his decision to step down in order to focus on his game and his family. Now, to me, it sounds like Rory just maybe has a couple too many things on his plate. Yeah, I agree. Doing the TGL, having kids at home, having the policy board, and worrying about your own personal golf game because you know it pays yeah, the bills. Because you're still a golfer. You still have to be a professional golfer. Um, I understand why he would step down, but a little added drama here for those of you keeping track at home. You know who else is on the policy board, Rick? Uh, Patty Ice, Patty Ice, who Roy McElroy has recently called a dick. So, you know, is there a little bit of added drama? Is there something that we just don't know? Do they hate each other? It sounds like they might. They might hate each other. This is weird timing. It's weird timing because it's not like we're in the middle of the season and Rory is like, it. Rory's had three weeks in a row now where he's had a lead going into Sunday. And all of a sudden he just like falls apart and we find out it's because he's had so much on his mind and he's like, I just need one less thing. So right. then he decides to step down. It's the middle of what I'm calling the off season, even though we don't have an off season in golf, right. it's the middle of the off season. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to step down like two weeks after we find out what he said about Patrick Cantlay. little strange to me. Yeah. I'm um, not quite sure what, Patty Ice did to Rory, but it said something. Yeah, I don't know. Something. <laughs> it also could just be that he's prioritizing TGL, which is fair. Um, which is it, it is fair because that's going to be how he makes his money after he's done as a professional mm-hmm. golfer, yeah. uh, if it works out. Yeah. So I, I believe he's also uh, is with uh, within an ownership group of one of the teams, like how yeah. Tiger is. So 
Yeah. That is an investment and a serious one because it's millions of dollars. So, yeah. So I think you, I think you're right. I think it's just too much on his plate. And I think he's prioritizing other stuff over that because he knows there's other people to fill the role like Jordan Speed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for what it's worth, he's been pretty much the face of the PGA tour policy board for the last couple of years, especially through all of the live shit. Uh-huh. No other policy member or policy lead member has ever had to deal with stuff like that. He had the job during the most stressful years of the PGA Tour, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's definitely going to put a little some grays on your head. That's going to stress you out. Got, yeah. You know, definitely going to stress you out a little bit. So I I understand his move to step down, especially if it is to, you know, make sure that everything with the TGL is is set up and to be with his family and everything. And also, again, worry about being a good golfer and making Mm -hmm. money while golfing. Um, But definitely, you know, just a little added drama that I think I kind of like, you know, Patty Ice also being on the board and all that happening. I truly don't think that that has anything to do with it. Um, I like I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that it has nothing to do with it. Yeah, but there's that ten percent, man. I'm I'm interested. I don't know what's going on here. I'd like the inside scoop. I would like for the new the newest season of uh, um. Oh shoot! It's not Drive to Survive. That's the F one one. Which one is it? Full. I would like the name new season of Full Swing to come oh, yeah. out to see if there's oh yeah a little little some some going Definitely. on there. That's that's what I need to know. Uh, Because if somebody's going to have the scoop, it's going to be Netflix. That's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, All right. To keep on keeping on here before we talk about the heralded and wonderful Hero World Challenge. Let's talk a little bit about Brooks Kepa here. There's a little bit of drama with Brooks and the Live Tour. So apparently the Live Tour has been a little bit fishy about their schedule. They have yet to release it to the players. Um, And I believe their, their next event um is coming up pretty soon here um let's see here no they haven't even released the upcoming upcoming schedule whatsoever um which is interesting because this is about the time when they would talk about that because it's yeah. been a little bit since you finished your season yeah um and so they posted something on Instagram they're getting pretty active um on the uh on the socials and you know you had your other you had your other players uh commenting you know pretty classic you know get hype type of shit you had uh let's see here you had Dustin Johnson tweeting uh wanna go fishing uh for whatever reason um nothing else but, to do nothing else to do Bubba Watson said come and feed the goats with me question mark um <laughs> and um uh, that, that was that was kind of like a like a like a joke they did on their um on their Instagram. It was like whose DM are you replying to? And Brooks kind of <laughs> decides to hit up the comments and goes, the DM with the schedule for next year would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that man. <laughs> and then he takes to another one of their posts about like it, it says the swag is unmatched, just a bunch of dudes wearing cool outfits on a golf course. And he goes at him again and says, we don't know what course because we haven't seen the schedule. Because in the post it says, <laughs> which which ones you rocking on the course? He says, we don't know. I'd like to. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's the, 
the the one that's in the DM with the schedule for next year would be nice. That one gets me. My man that one up. straight up gets me. <laughs> so good. He's ready to be back on the PGA tour. I know he's so ready. Oh man, that's um, the tweet was sent out by Claire Rogers of uh, golf.com and says, guys, I think Brooks wants to see the live golf schedule. And I think, <laughs> I think you'd be correct. I think she's, I think she's onto something. So obviously Brooks Kepka fairly disgruntled, I would say with what's going on the live tour. Um, do you think he's, he's mostly just pissed off because he thought that that tour was going to be run with some professionalism. And so far it just really has not. Yeah, I think he, I think, and I think most of the guys thought that it was going to be a serious contender to take over the PGA tour mm-hmm. and the PGA tour is just too established mm-hmm. at this point to really make any waves quickly. Like yeah. if they keep pressing on, maybe in a few years, they'll be even with them. And maybe in a few years after that, they'll take over. But like, it was never going to be anything that was going to be quick. And I think it was presented to the guys that went there as this is going to be like two years and mm. the PGA tour is going to not going to exist anymore because we're going to be so much better than them. And I think they all regret it. Right. I definitely think that I, I agree with you. I think there's some severe regrets going on yeah. um, between these players. And look, you look back at what they were offered. You're offered a shit ton of money. Um, by, you know, a guy in Greg Norman, who was a former tour pro knows yeah. what tour pros wants has been there. Uh, wh- what a tour pro would want has been there before telling them, Hey, like we're looking to change the game. We're looking to do all this stuff. It's a mm-hmm. shorter season. You're making more money to play golf less in a cooler format. You have teams that is appealing. Yes. But now two years removed from that, you're two seasons in, you don't have a schedule. You have disgruntled players and you haven't really performed well as far as, you know, broadcasting rights are concerned. Viewership is concerned. Um, you know, and yeah, you have a TV deal sales. with with what the CW, the CW is your TV <laughs> deal. Congrats there. Well done. You lost your contract with YouTube. That was going to be your best, your best was, bet to actually get eyes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's now looking like it's just not being handled with professionalism like a professional sport organization should yeah. go about handling their business. And that's not looking well when you have, I would say arguably, especially right now with how we played last year, your best player. Yeah. Openly trashing you on For not having media, a schedule. <laughs> not good. It's just, yeah. it's just not good. Yeah. Um, however, hilarious from Brooks. Keep that shit up. That is why you were funny. Yes. Um, but that's a really bad look for the live tour. And look, this could all be stemmed from the whole, the whole merger thing. Maybe they don't even plan on dropping a schedule. Maybe the merger is going to go faster than we expected. Maybe these guys are just going to be on the tour. You know what I mean? You would think that the players would have some sort of idea that that was potentially going to happen. I don't think they would. And it's, and specifically because of how these organizations have been operating recently, it's been very under the table. And they will only tell you what you need to know. That's fair. Which is a little fucked up because obviously, you know, you have the PGA Tour player board, right? That we just yeah. talked about. Technically speaking, Brooks Kepka and all the live players are not a part of the PGA Tour. So even if the, the board is told something, it's not necessarily going to get over to those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's got to be frustrating for 
for Brooks and the guys over there for on the live tour, at least the guys that we, you know, actually enjoy watching play golf. But I also, I guess I kind of understand where the live tour is coming from. I'm not quite sure they know what their future looks like. Yeah. Are you going to drop an entire schedule, pay all these golf courses, pay millions of dollars to start setting things up and get the season underway to have it cut at the knees halfway through when the merger goes through and all that, you know? Yeah. The weird situation. It's interesting. That's for sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what this means for not just the live tour and those players, but also the, uh, the merger as a whole could, uh, could be a different, uh, could be a completely different, you know, golf landscape come January, you know, Mm -hmm. when we, when we start talking about the, the champions, um, tournament in Hawaii, like we we could have a whole different looking setup here. Um, all righty. Let's go ahead and look forward to the Hero World Challenge. Um, unfortunately, our our friend Rob Bolton has seemed to have failed us, as I do not have any power rankings right now. What? Up. Uh, let me see here if I can poke around and find it. You think you'd have it posted by now? It's seven thirty. Yeah. Rob Bolton. Come on, Rob. It was a power ranking here. Oh, come on. I would work. love to help, but my app is not working. Uh, maybe the website's down. No. The website, the website doesn't seem like it's down. You're no, right. it's just telling mm-hmm. me that it is, it's an error updating the app. Oh, good. Um... Let's see now. Oh, well, even if they don't um, drop any power rankings, this is just news enough. Tiger Woods announces uh, earlier today he will be playing at the Hero World Challenge. Um, The A2 time tour winner announced his commitment on Instagram that he will be playing the Hero World Challenge. So we'll have a Tiger sighting. We will see Tiger. Love it. He will be there. That's cool. Yeah, I'm on uh, Rob Bolton's uh, X right now, and I still don't see anything Damn it, as Rob. far as rankings are concerned. All right, well, you know, no power rankings, but we do know that we have Tiger at the Hero World. So, so we know who's at one. That's good enough. He's going to win it. We're all going to be happy. He's going to have his 83rd. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, all right, buddy. Well, other than that, since we didn't have any power rankings, uh, unless you have any other golf news, that's going to do it for this week. Yeah, no, uh, just to let everybody know that next week we will not be having an episode. Um, Going to be kind of busy next week, not really have much time to do much of anything. So no episode next week. The following week we'll be back, though. We'll talk about the hero, the whatever we missed in our episode for next week. To be honest, we'll probably mostly talk about Rick's wedding because uh, cut the man some break, uh, cut the man some slack. He is two weeks removed from getting married. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we won't have an episode next week. And honestly, if he doesn't make the episode on December 4th because he's got other things to do, we understand. I'll, I'll do it myself. You know, the man's getting married. Cut him a break. Um, yes, we won't have an episode next week. Rick's got a bunch of planning that he's going to have to do. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff to uh, un. Uh, unpack uh, there and also you know technically the off season so these yeah, things yeah. happen and that's okay uh, but 
other than that, as always, thank you so much, folks, for listening. We always appreciate you guys for listening to the episodes. Even during the slower times, you guys keep hitting play, and we appreciate you. After you hit play on the episode, go ahead to your X and Instagram apps and follow our socials there on Instagram at from the tips underscore pod and on X at FTT underscore pod. Please go follow those. We can be more active with the more followers that we have. We appreciate it. If you went go hit the follow button. And again, thank you so much for listening and we out. Thanks guys. See you later.